0: Hello, everybody, and welcome. In the last segment, I talked to you about some basics regarding exercises. I'd like to carry on with that, and the next thing that I'd like to discuss with you is stretching. A lot of people stretch their muscles and uh, do a pretty good job at it. But it's worthwhile to just discuss to make sure that you understand the basics and that you're getting the benefit that you need from it. So the first aspect to stretching is understanding when you need to stretch. And there are some people who recommend stretching before workout session and after a workout session actually I don't think it's necessary to stretch before the workout session but it is good to do a warm-up at the beginning of your workout session where you start a little bit slower and softer and and kind of build your way into heavier patterns of, of exercise however if you're sore It would be a good idea to stretch any time just because you're sore. Now, how this works is your muscle has energy in the units of ATP, and that ATP is inside the muscle, and it's used so that the muscle can do what it needs to do, which is to contract when the muscle has exhausted its ATP supply that's inside, the inside of it, it needs to rec- request more ATP. And this comes through the bloodstream from the liver in the form of a molecule called cyclic AMP. Now the name of the molecule isn't so important but, but the key here is that the cyclic AMP contains three ATP molecules, and so it's got three things, of it, three units of energy that can be used by that muscle. But in order to use it, it first needs to convert the cyclic AMP into its own separate energy molecules. And this process has a byproduct of lactic acid and so that's the reason why muscles get sore after exercise it's because while you were using the muscles you actually used more ATP or more energy than the muscle had inside of it and it needed to get some cyclic AMP and convert that to more ATP and then it left as a residue the lactic acid inside the muscle. And that's what makes it feel sore. Excuse me for the repetition, but I just thought it might be helpful to resummarize that for you. So, stretching helps to squeeze the lactic acid out of the muscle, and it also helps to move the lymphatic waste up into where it goes and the lactic acid goes into the lymphatic system and goes through its process, which I believe I spoke about on uh, a former podcast. And um, if not, I'll speak about it again at some point. So anytime you feel sore, that's a good time to stretch. And let me explain to you the best way to stretch by first telling you what not to do there are some people who jolt and and they have these short abrupt vibrations as they're trying to stretch and stretch and stretch and stretch and this form of stretching actually does have its purpose but for general physical fitness, it's not the right thing to do because it could compromise the tendons and ligaments instead of just stretching the muscle, which is what you were intending to do. And so you don't really want to compromise your tendons and ligaments. They they don't really need to be um, stretched or torn or anything like that, which may happen. So in order to stretch your muscle, what you will do is you will move it in the opposite direction that it generally moves when it does its work. And you will do it slowly, and you will do it until you feel maybe slight discomfort or just that feeling that you get when you stretch. And then you're going to hold it like that for at least 20 maybe 30 seconds, maybe even a little bit longer. And another thing that you want to be aware of is that there are multiple stretches that you can perform for the same muscle just by changing the angle or changing the, the degree of the stretch. And so y- you'll want to do that in order to get as much of that lactic acid out there are people who do a lot of exercising and they don't stretch at all and uh, that's okay but what it causes is it causes a lot of rigidity within within your body a lot of stiffness and tightness over time if you don't stretch and you continue to just always work those muscles hard and so it really is a good idea to make it a habit of stretching after you exercise or at least anytime you feel sore. So there's one other aspect to stretching that I wanted to discuss with you. And for those who may not know, I am an Egoscue Certified Postural Alignment Therapist. And th- that technique involves a lot of stretching in order to stabilize the position of the joints in space while you're holding your normal posture in order to relieve pain and wear and tear on your joints and so that's the whole purpose of the Igosku postural alignment system and so if you have imbalances in your posture which i discussed in the last segment then there are going to be some stretches that you'll want to do. And I'll I will explain a little bit of that here right now. And another thing that you can do is you can find an Goscue certified postural alignment therapist who can assess your posture and give you recommendations. And another thing that you can do is search the internet to find some of the exercises and some of the videos which people have made that describe how to do them, including uh, both stretches and exercises. And then the last thing that you can do if you're interested in Egosku is you can check out the Patch Fitness Program. (coughs) the Patch Fitness Program, which I believe to be a superior exercise program. The only issue is that there's a strong probability that you will do the exercises incorrectly. And this is just because it's so common And natural for people to make these movements in the wrong way but since we're talking about this right now let me just give you some key considerations that will help to ensure that you do it correctly the first thing that people have the tendency to do wrong is that their toes are flared out a little bit or maybe a lot. And while you're doing most of these exercises, you want your feet to be shoulder width apart and you want them to be perfectly parallel, which is actually going to feel to you like it's pigeon toed. And the truth is, it can be just a little bit pigeon-toed and it will still be okay. So as you're performing your calf stretches or as you're doing any of the Egoscue exercises or as you're doing the patch fitness program, you want to make sure that that your toes don't flare out, that they actually maybe even go slightly to the pigeon-toed. And in, in order to be to be certain that you're correct about this, you actually are going to need to discount your own feelings on the matter and use something objective. Take a picture and and then use some kind of geometric device to determine are these two lines parallel or, or have somebody that can give you very objective information tell you are my feet actually parallel and and if you ensure that it will give you the balanced type of exercise and the balanced type of stretch that you actually need so that you can avoid pain in your legs and your hips and it actually works its way up the back too by having the these um, imbalances (coughs) so that's point one and then point two has to do a lot with the upper body. People have an incredibly strong tendency to overuse their upper portion of their trapezius muscles, and to um, to flare their scapulae, their uh, their shoulder blades. And so, whenever you're doing exercise you need to ensure that your shoulder blades are down low as low as they can go that they're pulled back so that they're parallel to one another and close to one another and also that there's not tension in your trapezius muscles which is um, it, it's, it's a big muscle that goes from the side of your neck to the top of your shoulder And so if you're able to ensure that you don't have tension in that trapezius muscle and that your shoulder blade is down and pulled, pulled back while you do these exercises, then you're going to ensure that you have the proper balance that you need so that the stretches and exercises you perform can actually give you balanced strength without adding wear and tear to your body so that you can have really good strength and be pain-free now I, I failed to mention before there is one other resource that I actually think would be worth your read and it's a book written by P.E. Gosku. It's called Pain-Free. And this book would be well worth your read. He's got some very interesting ideas about what really causes pain. And I think that for the most part, he's correct in, in what he said. So now let's just move on briefly and discuss some of the stretches and exercises that I recommend. There is the calf stretch, which is a a really, really, really useful stretch because most people overuse their calf muscles and, and it doesn't have balance with those muscles in the shins. And so, i actually use for myself a slant board and i'll have in the notes a link to a couple of options that i think are really good getting the right slant board makes a huge difference and i found that out for myself i've used all sorts of devices and the slant board is by far the most effective tool for providing the best and most uniform stretch to those important muscle that important muscle the gastrocnemius <coughs> or in other words the calf muscle and so as you stand on the slant board you want to make sure that your knees are perfectly straight and that you bend at the hips and with the slant board you're going to need most likely to only bend a little bit before you start to feel the stretch. And it should feel, (coughs) it should feel maybe slightly uncomfortably, uncomfortable, but for the most part, I think it should feel pretty good. I think that you're gonna like the way that feels. Now, the slant board, if you get the right one, it's going to have multiple different settings for the 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 degree that the board is lifted and so you need to find the highest setting that is is comfortable for you and and so if you get on there and you start to stretch and it just instantly hurts then take it back a notch and, and test a lower setting and if that hurts then take it back a notch or you may need to go to the to the very base of what it allows. And uh, the slant board that I use has um, grip tape on it so that my feet don't slide off the board. And I think that that is also really critical as you're doing that stretch. And then there's, there's other stretches you can use for your pectoralis muscles and your your biceps and and your triceps and and so forth these these stretches are are commonly known and so if you don't know about them i recommend that you um, just ask somebody or do some research for the most part i i think that people are doing those stretches uh, correctly assuming that they're not jumping that they're holding the the That they're getting to the right tension and then holding it steady as long as you do that I think that people's form for these stretches is for the most part correct and so I'm not really going to go into that right now but there is one exercise that I just wanted to briefly mention to you because I've been I've been using this for myself to rehabilitate my leg and I've come to understand that it has general application, what I've learned from this experience. And so I start by laying flat on my back, and I actually do this in the sauna. If I haven't discussed the sauna o- yet on a segment, I will be very soon. But I. I lay flat on my back while I'm in the sauna. And you could do this um, theoretically on the floor too. I think in bed it might be somewhat challenging, but you, you could try it in bed if you need to. And so what I do is I'm lying flat on my back and I lift both of my heels up off of the surface that I'm laying on. And... I really want to lift my heels as little as possible off this surface. So maybe just a fraction of an inch. I don't want them touching the surface. I want them to completely off the surface, but only by a very small amount. And I want my knees, my legs to be perfectly straight. And then what I do is I pull my toes back. So the toes are coming towards my body. And I try to pull them as even as possible so that my big toe and my pinky toe are approximately the same distance from my body. And then, as I'm doing that, I also contract my thigh muscles as tight as I can. And I actually hold this for 60 seconds. I was holding it for actually l- three minutes at one point, but what I found is that it started to create some imbalance in, s- in some muscles in my low back and I needed to reduce it to 60 seconds just for that purpose. But let me tell you something, if you haven't done this exercise, you're going to realize how incredibly challenging it is. But this exercise is wonderful, basic exercise for providing stability in your legs and hips. And so I hope that you will be open to giving it a try. And please let me know what your experience is, what your experience is with this, I'd be interested to find out what you get from it. For me, it has been incredibly beneficial. It's it's helping me to change the structure of my dysfunctional hip from my uh, very serious accident that I had. And then a modification that I do, which you may want to try, is after I've completed the... 60 seconds of having both heels off the floor i take one leg and i move it up almost to my buttocks so that it's uh, so that the knee is sticking up in the air and i keep the other leg just barely off the floor with the leg straight and the thigh tight and the toes pointed towards my body and I do that for an additional five minutes. And then you can switch and do the, the other leg. And that has extremely profound benefit for the muscles in my hip joint. Well, there, there's more to my exercise routine that I do But I'll have to tell you about that later on because my time's up and I hope you enjoyed. Please let me know how things go for you and I will talk to you soon.